Wow. Deep shit. Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Herabar, Herabar. My name is Adam Jones. We just interviewed Stephen Guise. <laughs> Stephen Guise. Yep. Stephen Guise. <laughs> Fuck that up. Um, author of Mini Habits. I, uh, author blog. of Mini Habits for Weight Loss and author of How to Be an Imperfectionist. Yep, and the blog Deep Existence. He is a legend. He's um, He was a funny guy. We had some fun with this one. He explained that joke from the from yeah. the previous episode. Yeah. So. yeah, we cover a lot of ground, obviously, both of his books, and then uh, from that down to comfort challenges, him just lying yeah. down in the middle of the uh, the mall, and yeah. as people walk walk past him and just watch. But but yeah, cool dude, and uh, yeah, definitely got a lot out of this interview. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, we had a bit of fun, but we definitely learned a lot about many habits and about being an imperfectionist. So I think it's definitely worth a listen. Yeah, just get stuck in. We've obviously read uh, many habits during the week. Um, and Stephen, can you Thank tell you. us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, as far as like my career or just in general. Yeah, take it however you like. All right. Well, my my story is generally that I was a slacker growing up in school. Um, <laughs> Test taking was kind of easy for me, so that allowed me to not do much work and still get by. Uh, and that was fun at first, and then as I grew older, I was more interested in actually doing something with my life, but I had all these bad habits. Yeah. So I found it really difficult just to live the way I really wanted to live because I had those habits in place. So that kind of kick-started my whole interest in personal development and I started a blog in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, about six years ago, almost to the date, six yeah. years and one month ago. And uh, I just shared my thoughts with the world, and that kind of led me down this path, and now I've written three books. Mm. That's what I do for a living. Cool, um, cool man. So what, uh, what made you change six or, six or so years ago when you had these bad habits? What made you want to move into... Or change your life and get into personal development? Just my own struggle. Uh, I was like, man, this was supposed to be easier. You're, you're just supposed to be able to do what you want to do, but it wasn't like that. So writing was my way of exploring that, the gap between who I was and who I wanted to be. Okay, fantastic. And I've heard, we, we had listened to a bunch of interviews, and you said you finished college and, and couldn't find a job, so you thought you'd take matters into your, into your own hands, is that right? That is true. For a full year after college, I could not get a job, uh, and that sucked, because I thought my degree was my ticket to a good job. That's what I was told my entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah. that's this is a lot of people are told, and it doesn't always work out that way. So, yeah, yeah uh, I didn't I didn't really know at first it would turn into what it has, but that was kind of my idea to at least do something I can control. Yeah. So, mm, nice. I'm nice. happy it worked out. Just yeah. out of interest, what, what did you study back in the day at university? 
I graduated with a finance degree, but I changed majors three times. <laughs> so I also did computer science, management, information systems, and something in communications, I think. Yeah, yeah. But finance is the final one I landed on. Yeah, that sounds like a, uh, you know, if a prospective employer was looking for someone, a bit of IT skills, a bit of management skills, a bit of finance skills. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you were with me, like, you could say, hey, he's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Spot on. So, uh, yeah, obviously all worked out for the better because uh, you've, mm. you've written some awesome books. It's obviously helped a lot of people. So why, why are help habits so important in the first place, do you think? Well, there is some science that states why they're so important uh, a 2009 study in I think the Journal of European and European Social Psychology European Journal of Social Psychology uh, found that habits form about 45% of our total behavior and we have reasons to believe that it's actually higher than that because it was a journal study people were self-reporting their behaviors and habits are subconscious we're not even aware of them probably a majority of the time. So there's probably some underreporting of habitual behaviors. So you could easily say habits are half of everything we do. Yes. And that alone makes them a huge part of our life. And because they're also the base of our behavior, these are things we do frequently. They're even more important. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we might have bad habits that we want to remove, but we also, more importantly, probably have good habits we want to add in, which is where many habits come in. So... Uh, we, as we said, we did like a 20-minute uh, review of the book, but can you give us a quick uh, idea of what, what the best way to add these good habits in, uh, in your opinion, the mini habits, which we agree with? Sure. The, uh, the whole basis of a mini habit is to do something so small, but do it every day, and it needs to be so small that you can't possibly fail to do it. Something like one push-up per day. That's the one I started with, and it changed my life. I I'm actually still sweating from the workout I just did. Uh, now my workouts are one to three hours. Wow. Yeah, so that that rests on the foundation of one push-up per day. Mm. And that's the thing. We tend to underestimate what a solid foundation can do for us. And it, it's really like building a house. You can build a house quickly, but if it's not on a solid foundation, it's going to be washed away by a storm. Yeah, but if you take the time to build that foundation, even though it's the boring part, it's really what helps you get those exciting results that you're that we're all looking for. Yeah, yeah nice. Cool. Can so you t sorry? Can you tell us the story of the uh, the golden push up? You said you had that daunting <laughs> thirty minute workout in front of you, but yeah. this was a story that triggered it all. Can you tell us in your words how that happened? Yeah, I will never forget this night. It was December 28th, 2012. I was sitting on my bed. It seemed like many other nights. And since it was close to the end of the year, I was thinking about changes as we tend to do as we review what we've done in the previous year. And I was like, oh, I wanted to change a lot as usual. And fitness was a big part of that. So I decided... I wasn't going to start on January 1st because that's so arbitrary. <laughs> I don't like that. So I was going to start with just a 30-minute workout that day and see where that take, took me. And 
Long story short, I sat on the bed for probably another 30 minutes without doing anything. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to muster up the willpower and or motivation Mm -hmm. to get started, and I couldn't do it. And it was really disheartening. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, gosh, I can't even do day one. I'm so pathetic. (laughs) And adding to that, and I think a lot of people can relate with this, I had the weight of my past failures on that moment as well i wasn't feeling like oh i'll just work out today i was feeling like i need to somehow make up for all the days in the past (laughs) i haven't worked out it was just too much pressure for that moment uh but i had read in a book called thinker toys by michael machalko a creative thinking technique called false faces and he says to consider the opposite of what you're currently thinking So I was thinking of this really intimidating Mount Everest workout, and I thought, okay, what's the opposite of that? And the idea just came to mind, one push-up. And I really, when I thought of this idea, I was almost like even further in the dumps, because I was 